0: Okay, here we go. This is my day 14. And uh, I'm actually finishing off BK's day 3. So BK at the moment is uh, coming into uh, Pamplona. And... uh, It's a long walk from the suburbs into the centre. I seem to remember a park being involved somewhere as well. What have I planned to talk about today? Well, today will just be the last half hour of his day three. He'd be sorry to know it'll be shorter than usual days. I might try and do my day. It's lunchtime on... um, Monday the whatever. The oh, first of March. Let's not get hung up on dates, anywho. So we're not. We're definitely into spring now, I guess. You know, I saw these cars before. That's okay. And uh, so here we are. Um. What was I going to say? So there was only half an hour left on his day three. So I'll do this as my day 13. And I might talk a bit about the end, about a bit of fun was had in Pamplona that night. And uh, talk about that. First off, corrections and clarifications. I'm sort of inundated with emails. Oh, what happened there? Just put my incline down to zero because it's getting squeaky. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if I was sponsored by some treadmill operator who gave me lovely non-squeaky treadmill. Treadmill. I have to say though, this treadmill has done me good. No better than, no more so than now. Doing the Camino on it, what a great idea. Who, who came up with that one? <coughs> well, I don't mean to boast, but... <coughs> it was me. Anywho, here we are. Corrections and clarifications. I kept talking. I was talking about Tiger Woods. And I talked a few times about... uh, Getting noisy here with the cars. I talked a few times about Atlanta. And uh, of course I meant Augusta. I mean, I might not know that much about sports. But when I was talking about the guys with the green jackets. How they must have hated giving... Tiger Woods, a man of colour, a green jacket. I do believe that. Of course, I can't speak for all of them, but I think their press conference when he uh, got caught with his pants down said a lot. I don't like that phrase, caught with his pants down. But when he got caught, you know, playing around, their judgmental press conference said everything you needed to know about how they felt about him. I'd say they were, my impression is, they were delighted, but anyway. Moving on, that's enough judgmentalness, which is not a word, I'm sure. Judgmental mentality. That's enough judgment, enough Old Testament stuff. Point Camino. So, ah, talking Korean. They're talking Korean. I think. Maybe not. Moving on anyway. Could have been English. I know nothing. Okay. What was so? What I meant to say, I said Atlanta twice. I was listening back to my... See, I don't edit these. This this is raw. This is is me as I am. That's why they're so good. And uh, yeah, I was saying... I said Atlanta twice. And of course I meant Augusta. I was just testing you, and uh, yes, you, you you it's good to know people are listening, so um, thousands of you are listening. Uh, stop all the arguments in the comments column, you know, that's getting a bit uh, out of hand. What else? I felt there was something else I wanted to correct. Uh... My needy friend, Anthony, was glad to be mentioned yesterday. He thought I talked a little bit too much about Serena Williams. I did point out she's achieved slightly few more things than either of us. He acquiesced. He agreed. How could he not? So BK is walking in the shade here. And uh, I'm on, still on the outskirts of Pamplona. Now, what else did I have to talk about? I made some notes. It's, uh, the only notes I make are for quirky things to say that I think are funny. And then I always, I like in each episode where it gets a little bit serious slash deep, tick as appropriate. But I can't plan that, and uh, so I just say my quirky stuff. Sometimes things come up from the camino that I remember, that spark something interesting slash deep. Um, nothing coming to me now. Let's look at my notes. So I did my calculations. At the rate I'm going, i only barely. I've got 162 hours of walking to do, which isn't a lot, but. At the rate I'm going, I'll barely squeeze that into this year, so I'm going to have to get my ass in gear, as I say. I do not want this to go beyond the year. In fact, I'd like to be done... We'll see. We'll see. I'm not putting pressure on me. Okay. Um, Let me have a look. So, at my notes... Uh, I didn't get on any further arguments on YouTube, you'd be glad to know. Everybody was telling me, back down, back down, don't don't take the bait. On the watch forums. Um, so yeah, I had, let's have a look at my chat with Anthony. I may have to edit it or censor it a bit. He was glad to be mentioned. As I said, we discussed Serena Williams being more interesting than huh. Admirable is the word he used. I feel... She deserves a better accolade than that. But okay. Okay, Anthony, if that's all you got. He's not a sports head, in fairness. Nor am I. Um, I was talking about the argument with the watch guy, which he found amusing. And uh, also, yes, Anthony told me to remind my listeners. That won't be. he doesn't remember the story in the pub, where uh, where we were, where I was in an Irish pub with him, and I think our friend Dara and two men turned to us. One of them said, "Here, this fella thinks a deer is a mammal," to which we entered into a discussion about the fact a deer is a mammal. Such a weird conversation, and Anthony had a really precise definition. Something about an animal that gives birth to live young. Anthony did ask me to point out that this was in the 90s. I'm saying late 90s, when you couldn't just reach into your pocket, pluck out a smartphone, hold it aloft, click a few buttons and declare aloud, you know, a mammal, and there is not a mammal. Things were more interesting back then. You can make bets about things back then. I bet you you're wrong. I bet a better deer is a mammal or, or not. So let's see. we're still on the outskirts of Pamplona. The shade is getting long now, which would be nice and cool to walk in because it looks quite warm on the other side of the road. passing some uh, uh, oldish buildings. I can't describe things at all. All I can say is there's a road. It's it's quiet enough, though. Traffic. There's a taxi. A stop sign. We're going across the zebra crossing. Repeat, we're going across the zebra crossing. Okay. I think this is the park now. And I remember walking along here. And then I met, at some stage along here, Alice and her friends from South Africa, whom I had met on my first day with Ashling in Ronsavayas after rescuing the English woman who had collapsed and we had a drink in a bar there and then they went to Pilgrim's Mass with me and uh, then I bumped into them somewhere around here and then this night in Pamplona we had a uh, few drinks were had and it was, yeah, it was a good fun, sociable night I also managed to buy sticks, walking sticks which had my knees. Oh, there's a dramatic story about a guy who tried to steal my fleece jacket. Not quite, but let's let's call it that. So, stay tuned. At the bottom of the hour, we'll bring that to you. I did make a note about CNN today. I was listening to it last night in bed. You see, I listen to it more than watch it. I stream it on my phone and listen. So... Not quite as infectious, maybe. It's still pretty addictive. What was the note I made? Oh, yeah. So, you know, the way they always have these, um, you know, up next. And there's been, let's face it, a lot of dramatic stuff lately with elections, so-called, so-called rigged elections, COVID-19, lots of stuff going on. And... uh, they're always saying, come back after this hour. We'll talk to the guy who'll fill you in on such and such. What did he have to say? And I'm here, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll wait, I'll wait for that. And then the version I get, I stream the American version with all the crazy American ads. And half of them I haven't seen, I've just heard them. Because when you get the European international version, it's not that many ads. It was like feature, little mini featurettes and things. And anyway, I sort of prefer the American version. Those, if you don't grow up with American commercials, like they're quite bizarre. I did mention here there was a commercial for schizophrenia medication, and I thought I was imagining it. Hi, how are you? How's your schizophrenia? Oh, it's under control. I'm using such and such. Uh, What was the product? It was FNAPT. And uh, I won't go back into that again, but what was I going to say about it? Uh, I had something really clever lined up to say there. Oh, of course, all the symptoms at the end then. My God, including fatal things. And uh, every time I hear those drug ads, I mean, virtually every time I say tell your doctor if you die because they always say tell your doctor if you get a rash or whatever i find it amusing to say tell your doctor if you die somehow i still find it amusing oh how we laughed so how i laughed when i made the joke to myself anyway um but i just realized Actually, I had the morning CNN on this afternoon in um, or this noon or whatever in my office, and they go uh, coming up next. Uh, no, coming coming up on CNN more coverage. Um, next, they didn't even say what it was. Just more coverage of general stuff, and uh, and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay, I'll stay. So, I'm so hooked. They don't even need to tease me with something really dramatic. They just go, coming up next, more coverage. And I'm like, yeah, i mean That's, they must know that they've got me. They don't even make an effort anymore. Yeah, that must be what's happening. They're speaking Spanish. And now I'm not going to translate. What else did I have to talk about? My conversation with Anthony. Oh yeah, I I was further discussing that watch guy who said I can literally do nothing without my, um... With this watch, which won't work below 50 metres of water. I'm going, what does this guy do? Is he a fish? And Anthony was saying, well, he probably just needs to be prepared at all times for a deluge or a flood. You know... That's, in other words, no matter what he's doing, he needs to be prepared for that. That was a good explanation. Um, To which I replied, he must have been a Boy Scout. Be prepared. Then after a pause, I said, yeah. (laughs) Hold on, let's see what I said. I said he must be traumatized by that which was a little uh, risque, perhaps. And uh, Anthony's response was funnier, of course. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. So Anthony had said, well, you never know when you may suddenly find yourself plunged into the icy depths. And uh, he says, so it's his activities. So it's not that his activities revolve around that. He just wants to be prepared should it happen. And uh, I said, you have a point, he's probably a former Boy Scout. And uh, um, he's, then I said the bit about... So I shouldn't traumatise him any further. Little risque. Bad taste, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, it was worth it for Anthony's response. Yes, clearly he has been through some things. Things involving being 51 meters underwater and not being able to tell the time. (laughs) That's why I think Anthony has nailed it. And I'm glad I didn't pick on this guy, the guy on the watch forum on YouTube. I think that explains why he needs a watch at all times that can at all times operate under 51 meters of water, under more than 51 meters of water, should the need arise. Anthony nailed it. Thank you, Anthony. You put my mind to rest on that issue. I'm actually hungry at the moment. Let's drink some water, take my mind off it. So, I did have another idea today. I was thinking about Elvis. Oh, I got a new match on Tinder. Just saw that now. Will I look? Probably spam, there's a lot of spam out there. Uh, it's someone with no bio, probably spam. we never know. Well, we will know, I'll, I'll delve into that later, okay. Um, do, do, do. I'm now looking for what was my other note? Let's see a short one we can talk about today. Happy Clappy Atheists. Still need to do some more research on that. I might ask Anthony his opinion on Happy Clappy Atheists and then report it back to you. Legends. Oh, yeah. It's just people... I don't know. In Ireland, the word legend gets used a lot nowadays. And... and Usually, just involves people getting drunk and doing silly things. In the old days, our legends fought wars, and operas were written about them. I mean, I don't think there'll be an opera written about the uh, drunken Irish fans at the World Cup. Some of whom were described as legends. These guys on a on a um, train, drunken Irish guys, They're not like violent or nasty but they're on a train and an an elderly French nun came by and one of them got up and started dancing with her and they were singing the Our Father in Irish, the Lord's Prayer in Irish, as we would have learnt in primary school. A lot of people including prominent sort of radio personalities here thought it was hilarious. I saw people on Twitter saying it was they were legends that do us all proud. To which I replied, well, they don't do me proud. And ah, I really don't want to sound, oh, is BK lost? He is. He's turned around. Ladies and gentlemen, he's turned around. It's official, he's using his GPS. Ah. In Pamplona, I found, and I nearly went the wrong way. A passerby would point, like a local, would say, no, no, that's the way. But, uh, see, we would actually have finished this yesterday. This extra half hour I'm doing is, well, it's for—it's for, it's like an extra half hour in purgatory. It's, uh, we're cleansing our sins just a little bit more. Oh, yeah, the Irish drunken guys dancing, forcing an elderly nun to dance while they're singing the Our Father in Irish. Apparently they're legends. I certainly wouldn't want to give them too much of a hard time, but legends? They're insulting her religion. They're not letting her pass on the train. You know, the implication was she thought it was hilarious. She had a bemused look on her face, but... I, uh, my friend Mike, a self-professed atheist slash socialist, didn't think much of it either. So it's not just quasi-Holy Joes like me. Is it quasi or quasi? I hmm. we'll never know. So, I have to say... As the advertisement says, if Carlsberg did atheists, they'd be my friend Mike. He's a good advertisement for advertisement for them. Is he a happy clappy atheist? No, he isn't. I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist. Um, I must ask him. Does he know any happy clappy atheists? Because they do. There are Sunday worship's for atheists in different cities. So I don't know, they, I guess they sing about science and we'll all die and rot in the grave and that's it. Um, it's hard to write a happy clappy song about that, but I actually think I could do it. I'd, I'd focus on the atoms, your atoms going back into the universe and the fact we all came from the Big Bang, you know? Like, wow, that's... I don't know, could I do happy clappy, but, you know... It's kind of mystical in my book. It's better than singing about rotting in the grave. I, I don't think I could write a happy, clappy song about rotting, my body rotting. Although Anthony DeMello says it's something we should think about in life. Because think about when your problems are really bad, imagine yourself when you're dead. It certainly puts a different perspective on these problems that we build up in our head. There's my deep bit for today. You're welcome. I need a jingle for the deep bits. Yeah, kind of... Happy, clappy jingle. It needs to be announced, yeah, with the jingle. And now, the deep bit. With lots of, I don't know, sound effects. And what not? Um... What's the other note? I had some note about Elvis, Elvis Presley. I used to, I was a fan when I was a kid. I still am. I like, um, the only Elvis music I possess in my collection is, oh, there's an Elvis record actually I bought in Russia, which would have been ripoff in the Goom store, the state-owned store we're talking in. This wasn't when I lived there. It's when I was in a school tour. So we're talking, um, 88 or something. That was a collection of Elvis songs. It's got that one, train, train. Come round, round the bend. Uh-oh, I'm going to sing Elvis now, right? No, no, no. Don't worry. I'm not that arrogant. Um... But when we were in Russia, one of our fellow students was called Shane. So we used to sing, Shane, Shane, coming round, round the bend. How we laughed. Um, But I also have some studio recordings. Actually, that could be one of them. But I got a, you know, double CD or something. I think all that early Sun Studio stuff was so great. And I saw a documentary about this guy... Some famous actor, I think English actor, visiting Son's Studio and talking about how for "That's All Right, Mama." I think Elvis forgot some of the words, and they probably had limited recording time, because you know at the end when he's going ba da ba 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 Apparently that was just him not knowing the words. Oh man, isn't that so cool? You look at all the. All oh, over-manufactured stuff that's out there now, ah, and I'm not totally against modern music, but the Elvis, you know, and the electric guitar, the, both those things gave so much to popular music, and of course, all the unknown black singers who came before Elvis, unknown to uh, in white culture, unknown who, di- who didn't who got lost in history. They gave so much, so much. Without them, there would be no Elvis without black music. And uh, when I was a kid, yeah, I liked Elvis. And uh, I saw, I mean, he was in some awful movies. I don't think, because Colonel, the Colonel, his boss wouldn't let him do good roles. I'm pretty sure that he was lined up for—he was lined up for something really good. And I think it was a Manchurian candidate, or it might have been the man with the golden arm. In other words, he was lined up for Frank Sinatra's role in one of those. I'll. Uh, We'll find out which one it is. I, I, there was something, he, he was lined up for a couple of good roles, didn't take them. Would he have been as good as Sinatra? It's hard to know. I, I don't know if I saw him in any good roles. Um, yeah, the Colonel just picked and chose the roles for him. So, I saw some silly film where he's flying around in a plane singing, like singing, you know, like musical. I just saw the start of that and I was like, oh, I don't think so. But what did impress me when I was a kid was a biopic. I'm oh, getting warm now, hold on a second. Yeah, an Elvis biopic I saw. I love those musical biopics. And they're always, they're, they're all a bit similar, but they're great. Haven't seen one in a while. I mean, the Johnny Cash one was great Walk the Line, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, if I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, um, people were saying at the time that that was by the numbers. I don't know, I thought it was great. And it did have, really had that whole thing of the time he was popping pills, that period of his life. And there was a kind of double slump. I think there was a little bit of redemption and then a slump again and then more redemption. It It wasn't just it wasn't portrayed as kind of easy, kicking the drugs. But um, yeah, the Elvis biopic I saw didn't go into all that, but there was the usual stuff, cutting the first record. And, uh, oh, my, put on the fan, the noises are crazy. Oh, that's that's better, I think. Um, Elvis, my favorite Elvis song. But at the time, I still love it, those uh, blue suede shoes. It's just a classic 12-bar blues. I think my dad used to play it on the piano. Um, And I used to talk to him about it anyway. And, uh... Why am I talking about that? Oh, BK is lost. He's in a back alley now. There's two muggers coming towards him. One of them has a knife no he is lost though and he is in a back alley um, we can only assume he lived to tell the tale otherwise this, my whole journey here could be cut short uh, he's trying to get a signal you see it's hard to get GPS in the centre BK why hast thou forsaken me anyway. As Irn road, as Irish Rail would say, we'll get you there. We'll get there in the end. Um, so what was I talking about? Blue suede shoes. Great song, but I used to think, I don't know, have I ever seen blue suede shoes? I had actually blue su- suede slippers. I don't know, was it real suede when I was quite young? And from Dunn Stores, which is like the Irish equivalent of Target. And I don't think if he had called the song Blue Suede Slippers, wouldn't have had the same ring. I mean, maybe if he'd grown old, he could have sort of done that, you know, a later version, Blue Suede Slippers. Um, I do remember thinking at the time, I mean, really can... Oh, church coming up here, that's, if you're on the Camino and you get near a church, you'll find, you know, other pilgrims. You'll be redeemed, you'll you'll find salvation therein. So, um, I'm just thinking, like, how good were these shoes that that's all he cared about? I just, I don't buy it. So, what's it? Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready now, go, go, go. Man, I don't even know what that means, but it's so cool. Three to get ready now, go, 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 but don't you. Stir on my blue suede shoes. Did you see 12 Bar Blues? It's like, I'm not gonna start explaining 12 Bar Blues. Oh, you can do anything Billy. off my blue switch. Nice simple chords. Nice little solo, if I remember rightly. A few seventh chords. You ain't got the blues if you don't got seventh chords. Oh, he suddenly ended. Okay, the video has ended and we were looking at a map of his route. I don't know if his batteries went, but he was in Pamplona near a church. And I think a lot of the routes end at churches. So he's showing the route. And the um, elevation as well. And uh, a few photos. I'll keep talking for a bit and uh, finish my Elvis story. So, where was I? Elvis. Blue suede shoes. Yeah, I'm just like, find it hard to believe that that's the most important thing in the world to him. There must have been some pretty nifty blue suede shoes. So, here's the line I was thinking of earlier, though. You can knock me down, step on my face, slander my name all over the place. Uh, I'm just going to turn off my headphones here because the video is over. And uh, rather, than the, um, rather than following the next day, I'm just going to talk a bit more and wind up. So... If most people, I hope, are listening to this, if you're watching it, um, there's no video, but hang in there. It's going to get good. I won't talk for too long, so. Oh, yeah, slander my name all over the place. I think I had to ask my dad what slander meant. And even when I think about it now, it's not like... It's not a real rock and roll word, is it? Slander my name all over the place do anything that you want to do but uh what's another bit about drain my liquor from an old fruit jar drain my liquor from an old fruit jar wasn't that what he said i just think of i think of these big jars they used to have in russia of sock they called it well it was it was spelled c-o-k so if you didn't know you're uh, the difference between the Cyrillic and Latin alphabets—you could uh, end up with something else. But um, big bottle of sock. Yeah, it's like an old fruit jar, and I think they would have compote as well in those jars, which was like fruit and in liquid. Anyway, drain my liquor from an old fruit jar. That's amazing. I mean. These guys, these X Factor singers, they don't come up. They don't come up with that kind of stuff, do they? I don't know. I don't listen to them. How, how would I know? Um, but I was thinking. This, this, this. Much I'm sure. of, This is the point I'm trying to get at. If, if I were. That sounds like an Elvis song. If I were. No, no. no that's not Elvis. Um, if I were around in Elvis's time. Blue Suede Shoes was out. I wonder, did anyone even consider doing this? Basically, and I heard the song, I slander my name all over the place. To get some attention, it would be easier now with social media. What I would like to do, I would slander Elvis's name uh, pretty much all over the place. So I'd slander it in, you know, Memphis. Then I'd go to New York and I'd slander it there. L.A., slander it there. Well, I, I'd organise my journey in, more, in a more geographically efficient way. The point is, I would slander his name all over the place and eventually he or probably his agent, the, the colonel, would approach me and say, hey, uh, you're slandering uh, Elvis's name all over the place and we're going to have to take you to court. I'd be, OK, bring it on. I'm going somewhere with this. I mean, I'd have no money back then, like now, probably. You know, they can sue me. There's nothing I can give them. But I would do it for the sole purpose. Think about this. We're in court. I've been slandering Elvis's name all over the place. And uh, they bring in Elvis to testify. And uh, see... They might just bring the colonel, so I'd have to explain to the judge. I'd say, judge, listen, I'm working on something here. Just hang in there with me. We got to get the, we gotta get Elvis to testify, the king. Trust me. I'd probably have to explain it to him, and then he'd go, oh, yeah, I hear you. So I'm in court. I'm there ashen-faced with parents behind me looking forlorn. My mother weeping. And, uh, anyway, the El- Elvis comes in and uh, the judge says to him, well, judge, actually, so the judge is in on it now, okay? Judge, judge and I are in on the joke. We're going to punk Elvis. Like, you could do a TV program out of that nowadays if he was still around. Hidden cameras. Uh, the best hidden camera show was the Irish one, Mike Murphy, Candid Camera. Oh, Mike Murphy, Irish broadcasting legend, still going strong. Apparently doing a podcast with John Banville, the writer. Must check it out. Uh, anyway, where was it? So, the king comes into court. You can picture the scene, the crowds of people outside, screaming fans, photographers. And the king comes into court. And the judge says, so... Uh, What seems to be the problem, Mr. Presley? This uh, gentleman seems to be uh, causing you much grievance. Uh, What's he been doing? And Elvis goes, Well, he's been slandering my name all over the place. (laughs) That's it. That's the moment. The whole court erupts in laughter. The judge goes, uh, Elvis is kind of confused, looking around. And the judge goes, uh, uh, sorry, Mr. Presley, I didn't quite catch that. Could you, uh, could you repeat that, please? Winking at me as he does. And Elvis, well, he's uh, he's been uh, slander my name all over the place, and uh, I just realised I haven't at all worked it. Uh, no, that would be great. But on top of that, you would really to really punk him right. You'd have to also drain his liquor from an old fruit jar. Obviously, that's where he kept his liquor. So, slander his name all over the place. You drain his liquor from an old fruit jar. What else do you do? One for the money, two for the show. You can knock it. You'd have to knock him down. God, that'll be hard for me. Well, we could do it with a car. I wouldn't want to hurt him too much. I'd have to knock him down. Step, uh, knock me down. Step on my step on his face. So I'd, I'd have to, no, I'd knock him down gently with my car. Step on his face. Proceed to maybe I'd have the fruit jar full of liquor. I'd pour that on top of him, I guess. So, or no, I'd pour it into a nearby drain. Drain my liquor from an old fruit jar. And uh, Do anything you want to do. Nah, steal his wallet, I guess. When I'm at it. That's all, anything I'd want to do. Get his autograph, too, while I'm at it. Uh, do anything you want to do, but oh, baby, don't. Oh, how did I miss it? Well, he'd have to be wearing his blue suede shoes at the time, but obviously, no, I couldn't do that. No, 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 that, I'm, I'm, see, I'm sorry. I'm just figuring this out live. I wouldn't step in his blue suede shoes. That's the whole thing. In other words, I'm actually respecting the king. So, we're in court, you know, they list out the charges. Uh, charge one, draining liquor from an old fruit jar. Charge two, slandering his name all over the place. Charge three, uh, stepping on his face and knocking him down. and uh, Doing anything he wanted to do and all that. Uh, I need to work it out a bit more, but basically, and then it's all a big setup. And then they're saying, "So he, the list of charges." And the Elvis says, "Yes, sir. He knocked me down. He drank my liquor from an old fruit jar. He, he uh, slandered my name all over the place." And then the judge goes, "Yeah, but did he step on your blue suede shoes?" And Elvis goes, "No, sir. He did not." And then suddenly he pauses, and he realizes. And everybody bursts out laughing, including the king. And he just starts singing the song. Here's a one for the money, a two for the show. A three to get ready now, go get go, but don't you. The Step on my blue suede shoes. He'd sing it better than me, of course. And there'd be a guitar. The colonel will be in and he'd pass him a guitar. Oh, wow. That would be cool. I wonder, did that happen? Probably not. I definitely, uh, who could you do that with now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the songs. What's that song by the young American woman? Oh, I don't even know her name. I was trying to think of someone's name early on in my podcast. It was Cardi B. That's coming to me now. But the one I'm trying to think of is Billy Eilish. Or Eilish, Eilish, I think. What's the song, Bad Girl, Bad Boy? I don't know. Anyway. No, Blue Suede Shoes. That would have been a great prank. And also, I'd like to think if Elvis was around, he would be singing Blue Suede Slippers, in, as a kind of Christmas charity single or something. So I'll finish off. Let me have a bit of water. Back to more uh, earthly matters. So when I arrived in Pamplona, as I said, the day before I met Rita. She gave me. I prayed for sticks. She gave me a shirt a stick with me, which got me to Pamplona. Just in, there was a mass starting as I arrived and went there. Met Ashling, the Irish woman, whom I had walked with, whom I had walked on day one. She had booked a pension in uh, Pamplona was, I think that was her end. Or she was staying for another night. Anyway, I managed to get a room in the pension as well, a nice room for 20 euros. And we met a load of people that night. I bought sticks. We met Alice, her friend Gail, a load of them from South Africa. American friend of hers went with me to buy the sticks. We met TJ, the fighter pilot, the pro-Trump fighter pilot. Uh, we had a great night. But there was a guy there, this is a bit about the attempt at theft. It's not really theft, it's almost, it's worse in a way. Called Lars, I think, young Swedish guy, I think. He didn't look Swedish, but uh, with a name like, I think his name was Lars, anyway. He arrived with this um, young Irish woman who we'd met on the plane as well, and she went off back to the hostel. She'd met him in the hostel, she went back. So by the end of the night, at some stage he stayed on and the hostel he was in didn't let people back in after midnight. And he asked me, oh no, he said, does anyone have a jacket I could wear? I'm cold. He kind of mimed being cold. He wasn't cold, it was all planned. So I don't know did he specifically ask me, but I gave him a fleece jacket. You put on okay I'll return to that story in a minute so a bit of alcohol was consumed and I remember we were talking about a gang of them had gone to a place where Hemingway used to drink was it called Hemingway's the bar I don't know now there was some misunderstanding where we kept calling it by the wrong name I think I kept calling it Finnegan's because in my south head I was mixing up Hemingway with James Joyce and Finnegan's Wake. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and eventually we figured out it was, no, it's Hemingway's, not Finnegan's. But then Alice from South Africa started calling it <laughs> Hennigans. doesn't sound so funny when you're sober. So... Oops, I hit my mic. Okay, my eyes were closed, and I hit my mic. So anyway, time is it? Oh, I gotta get moving. So I uh, Lars borrowed my um, uh, fleece, and then it was closing time. Everyone was going home. I was staying in a pension where Rasting was staying, and so Lars was staying in this hostel that apparently with clothes at midnight, and it was after midnight. So I I was walking after him saying, give me my jacket back. And he was grinning and walking up the hill. I had my sticks, I just bought them. I was walking with the sticks, half drunk. And he just kept walking and grinning at me. I said, come on, I need it back. And he kept walking, and he was young. It always annoys me when someone half my age gets one over on me. But the whole thing, it was so premeditated. He was just, Making us walk after him so that if he couldn't get in then I guess He'd end up staying with us Either sharing a room with Ashing or with me. He may have had some other agenda there I don't know, but he certainly had an agenda to cover his ass and the whole thing with borrowing my jacket was part of it and I see I'm normally trusting, like, but I could see that was what was going on and he was grinning. I was like, you're so devious. Anyway. I remember saying to him earlier in the night, you better get moving, the hostel is closing, but he had it all worked out. Still, I'd rather be more trusting than, than cynical. If, you know, if I had to choose. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up now. Thought I, that was a great night in Pamplona. Next day, I went on asking, I think, maybe spent another night in Pamplona and finished up her Camino. She was just doing a short stint of it. Or maybe she did a bit more to La Not sure. Either way, I went on. Oh, the next day will be interesting to talk about. I only walked six kilometres the next day. Met an interesting guy from New Zealand. And I only walked six kilometres because my knees were banjaxed, as we say here so uh let's just let this uh, uh, treadmill lap come up to 3.2 kilometers and uh which is only second now okay so um buen camino god bless talk to you tomorrow and yeah i'm gonna have to start getting my skates on with this okay see you on the other side